lot of people vacating this morning, July the 4th weekend. And uh, so hopefully they're tuned in, if they can be. We're going to be this morning in Psalms 103, verse 6 to begin with. We're going to be using several Old Testament scriptures, not very many, but a handful this morning concerning this message titled, No Place for Oppression. That is in the church. There's no room for oppression in the church. No place for it. Not the will of God. Whatever, God, whatever is not God's will should not be existing in our hearts in the church. Thank you. Whatever's not God's will should not be in our experience. Psalms 103, verse 6. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. There are many, many, I would be willing to say almost, mostly all, the church today is oppressed. And when you're oppressed, you can't make proper decisions. You can't make proper decisions while you're oppressed. The decisions that are according to God's will cannot be made until you are no longer oppressed. I'm going to give you the definition this morning of oppression. And I want you, as always, to go look it up for yourselves. But when you look up the word oppression, you will see that it means an overflowing pressure from being defrauded and violated. That's what oppression is. You're being defrauded and violated. It also means to deprive of some right, some interest, or some property by a deceitful device. Everybody knows what deceit is, right? Deceitful, something deceitful. I have to make sure we know because sometimes we think we know and we don't know. Something deceitful is something that looks right but is not right. Something that seems right but it's not right. And the greatest example I've ever used or heard of is that sometimes when you think you need to tell a lie, and things will be better if you do. That's deceitful. A lie can't help you. Why? Because it's a sin. Sin can in no way, form or fashion, help you. The wages of sin is death. That's any sin. Amen. So that's just one example. Another example could be my kids haven't eaten in four days, not a bite. So God would surely be okay now if I go into a grocery store and slip a tube of ham under my jacket. Surely God wouldn't want my kids to starve to death. Can I tell you this morning, he would before he rather you go steal. If you disagree with that, then you are saying that God would rather you commit a sin and God would never, ever rather that you sin than whatever the situation would be. And that's where we just have to trust God with the consequences of our faith. Whatever that means. And that's where at times we move away from faith because we don't like the consequences we see of our faith. Amen. Ain't nobody here but Patrick, I guess. Come on down. That's what causes us to move away from a focus of Calvary or the exercising of our faith is when we start suffering for that or we, something happens we don't like because of our faith and we don't like the consequences. Faith will bring consequences, but no faith will too. 
wrong faith will too. Amen. So let me read this definition again. Overflowing pressure. Oppression is it's an overflowing pressure that will take you over. It's, it's like you're just being pressured. It's, it's, it's like our nation today and all the, 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 the abominations, the things that God call abomination. The devil ain't hiding no more. He's bringing it right to your children, trying to push it down your children's throat behind your back. But telling you about it, Devil not hiding anything anymore. And one of the things the Lord wants me to say in this message today is that everything is being intensified here at the end of this age. Everything is being intensified. In, Re- in Revelation 9, when you read about what's going on in the Great Tribulation, you see things have intensified so greatly. And when I say intensified, I mean the spiritual world is getting the things that are spiritual are coming out of hiding. That being of the darkness or the light is getting more prominent. And in Revelation 9, you see the demon locusts come up from the earth and are seen by men, hair like women, teeth like lions, angels flying around preaching the gospel. Those are things that are not just told that you know is going on, but you can't see it. They're going to be seen. Everything is being intensified. And let me say it one more time. Everything is being intensified. The works of darkness, but thanks be to God, the path of the just is shining more. The light is being intensified. Thus the messengers of righteousness, the cross-eyed churches, hallelujah. Everything is intensifying. Don't be caught on the wrong side of that intensifying stuff that's happening. And oppression is just sweeping through the church because of all the, the, the church is so susceptible so many times of just allowing the worldly phrases and the worldly thoughts into the church and using worldly things. And Hollywood, I mean, a new movie come out. You know what, 80% of the preachers going to preach Sunday. I mean, political world gets in an upheaval. You know what 80% of the preachers, like 99% of the preachers going to preach about. Instead of sticking with the power that's in the blood. God ain't asking you to change directions. He ain't changed any direction. Things are intensifying. And the world is offering the church all kind of stuff, and we're buying into it left and right. Oppression's one of them. They're called mental illness. See, that's rampant now. Mental illness. And let me say before we go further, and don't forget I said it this morning. I don't want to say it 20 times. These things are real, but they not for us. They real, but they not for us. We Christians. We got the mind of Christ. God hadn't given us a spirit of fear. But of what? Love, power, and a sound mind. God don't give oppression. Don't want you settling for it. No need for you to be defrauded by the enemy, violated by the enemy deprived of the right you have of peace and joy and strength and comfort in the Holy Ghost. See, the devil does come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus did come to give life, hallelujah, abundantly and forever. That means now, abundantly. Oppression is overflowing pressure from being defrauded, violated in the heart. And Christians that don't know the way of the cross for moment-by-moment living, they're being defrauded and violated. Isn't it amazing how a Christian got a problem that you can tell them about the cross for the most part today, and they don't want to hear that. They want something that works, they say. What they're saying is they want something they can work and make it fix. Jesus did the work, your work won't ever work. 
because your work is not his work. His work can become your work, but your work will never be his work. Hmm. So you don't want to be found being deprived of what you have a right to, which is peace, joy, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, self-control. The fruit of the, you don't want to be being violent. The devil, let me say it again, he goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The only place he can devour is when he finds those that he's able to oppress through their doubt and unbelief. We got things going on now. What's it called? I got it here in my notes somewhere. What's that thing called? Uh, Where's that at? Oh, emotional support dog. They got emotional support dogs in school now. Yeah. They got emotional support dogs. Now, listen, I ain't saying, I'm not saying that a dog can't get your mind off your problem for a minute or two. Saul was an evil man. David come along play his harp. And Saul, he didn't stop being evil, but he got comforted for a little bit by the music. The music can't save you, can't deliver you. Music make you feel good for a few minutes. You got all these problems. Let's just look at an example this morning. You got all these problems, man. Your mind is out there. You're under attack. You are just, you, man, you're being violated spiritually is what I'm talking about. You're being violated, defrauded of your benefits in Christ Jesus. Your mind's all out there in left field. Somebody brings a little old cute puppy up. Oh, look how cute that is. Your mind ain't on that no more. Your mind's on cute little old puppy now. Cute little old puppy. Oh, look at him. Oh, oh, he bit my finger. And your mind's not on all that anymore. Your mind's on a cute little puppy. But you got to give a little puppy back to somebody or take it home and worship it or trust in it for your deliverance. A little old dog can get your mind off your problems for a minute. Your mind, maybe, unless you were just really oppressed. None of this stuff works, and the church is buying into it. If you talk about it, you're being ugly. You're just standing against everything, ain't you? Everything that ain't the cross, yes, sir. You're not loving. This stuff does work. No, it don't work. It don't work. I don't care how well they try to explain it. It doesn't work. If it did, we don't need Christ. We just need to... Little old puppy dog. I believe it's an idol. If you're trusting in something other than Christ, it's an idol. That's what I said years ago when this region right here was fighting to keep alcohol out or some fighting to bring it in. And I made a post. It was way before it got legalized a few years ago. And, and uh, I made a post on social media and said, Alcohol's not right. Don't, we don't need it in our community. And man, Christians bombarded me. Yeah. Who do you think's drinking around here? They'd all tell you they're saved. And they was bombarding me and bombarding me. And, and, and I finally, the Lord just gave me this word to put on social media. And I said, anything, any excuse you're giving for drinking alcohol... It's something you're depriving the Lord Jesus Christ of being able to do for you. And it was over. Didn't nobody want to step in the ring there. Now, I'm sure they were doing all their mouthing behind the scene, but they didn't want to step into that spiritual place of contending right there. You know why? They don't have no scripture. They mind in the flesh. And those are the people for the most part, who end up violated spiritually, defrauded spiritually, 
They're not, you, they're not living experiencing the benefits of what Christ did at Calvary if they're depending on alcohol for anything, depending on a dog for anything, depending on their money or anything. Christ can take care of you completely. What he did at Calvary was complete and finished and perfect, a perfect work. And the Bible tells us that it made us complete in him. So to say I need something other than him, there's a, some doubt and unbelief going on there. What I need is to know him. Amen. So, everybody all right this morning? Let's read Psalm 103, verse 6 again. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. What does he offer for all who are oppressed? Righteousness and judgment. And his judgment is based on his righteousness. All his words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And his righteousness is revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. So when God is trying to deliver you, you're crying out for deliverance from this oppression, he's going to send a word of righteousness to you. And if that's not good enough for you, you will not stop being violated and defrauded by the enemy through your flesh. Amen. Mental illness is rampant. Anxiety is the trending thing now. What's your anxiety? What are your devils? How to, well, I ain't got no devils and I ain't got no anxieties. That's oppression. That's oppression. Grieving, and this is very important what you're about to hear. Grieving and mourning are natural things that we do. To be disappointed in something is a natural, normal thing that we do. But when disappointment turns into discouragement, you better be careful because oppression has set in. When disappointment turns into discouragement, oppression has moved in. And when grieving and mourning, which are natural and normal, and we all have done it and will do it more in the days ahead over things that we love, maybe that we lose, but when grieving and mourning go beyond the natural place of just grieving and mourning in the Lord, then oppression will move in. And the only way out of oppression is the righteousness of God, which simply put means faith in the sacrifice. For if it's not the death of Jesus we're trusting in for the removal of oppression, then that means we are working to do something for its removal. And that will only make it darker and deeper and worse. And the defraud that is there, the violation that is there, will only get worse. And if we're not careful, we'll end up mad at God because we don't think he's doing what he should be doing, but he already has done what he did do. And he's given us, children of God, the measure of faith to exercise it, maintain it, the only place it works, so that though we be disappointed, we're not discouraged. Though we be mourning and grieving, we don't move into oppression, or rather it doesn't move into us. These things are very real, but they're not to be our way of life. One of the things the Lord showed me as I was meditating in this avenue of what he wanted me to, to minister was how blind we can be even as God's people and unaware of things going on even though we at times think 
that we're very spiritual. The Lord reminded me early this morning of how I sat and listened to a man that I gathered myself into and I wanted to listen to him because I, I thought he would have something to say, but it turned out the guy was an atheist. And among ministers that I had trusted, But I, I couldn't even discern that. I knew something was wrong. But I didn't know the extent of it. So we're never quite as spiritual as we think we are. We're never quite as discerning as we think we are. But the Lord has given us that which we need to be spiritual and discerning enough to be able to see what we should see and hear what we should be hearing. And when we're not hearing what we should be hearing, we will begin to see and look at things we shouldn't be seeing or looking at, and through that avenue comes defraud and violation. Because it begins to move me away from what I should be beholding, which is the lamb slain, and I begin to then look at the what ifs of life. Well, what am I going to do if uh, this turns out that way? And what about if they do that? And what if this? And you just really have to trust the Lord. And that is not just saying, I trust the Lord. That is when he finds your heart surrendered to where the only place is you can trust him is at Calvary. You do know that he died for you and forgave you of your sins. But do you know that you died with him? Because the second part of that double cure is where you find faith working not for cleansing but for power and keeping. You need the blood of Jesus for more than cleansing You need the power of the blood for keeping and removing things that could bring you into sin through oppression. Because once oppression enters into your heart, it's very likely you're only going to listen to people who are oppressed themselves. What brought about this message was my commentary writing in the book of Psalms every morning on my Curtis Hutchinson Facebook page. Every morning I share one Bible verse and how it relates to Calvary. And I'm in Psalms 55. In Psalms 51 through Psalms 55, King David is under attack. And we probably have never been under attack like King David was under attack. Saul wanted to kill him. And David had never, ever done anything but be a blessing to him. A tremendous blessing. And wouldn't even kill him when he had more than one opportunity. But Saul wanted him dead. His number one advisor, and I won't even try to say his name, maybe I'll try, Ohiphathel or something, that ain't it. Because I'm from DeKalb, Texas. His main advisor turned on him. And his son Absalom wanted his throne, trying to push daddy out of the way, get rid of him, don't care how it happens. I want the. Now, David was going through some stuff. And in Psalms 55, there's a scripture there that that David calls what they're doing to him their oppressive words. It's their words. They were speaking oppressive words about him. And it was, David said, if it had been my enemy, I'd be all right with it. But it was not my enemy, it's those closest to me. Which points us all the way to Judas Iscariot and what he did to Jesus. But it's, 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 it, he's, he's under this great pressure. 
To the point he says to God, if I only had wings of a dove, I'd fly away. I'd go out into the desert place and find rest, but little do we know, it doesn't matter where you go, your stuff's going with you. If I could only move to that town or up in the mountains up there, out by the beach, oh, well, uh, you go ahead and find out what happens when you get there. There you still are. And all that stuff that's in your heart, you didn't leave it. It packed up and went with you. And because you're trusting in a place you thought you could be, it got worse. Because you're not trusting in Christ crucified. You're trusting if I could only live by the beach, if I could only live in the, oh, smoky mountains of Tennessee, God, one day, please. You know the story? We were there years ago on vacation, and Robin's mother was with us. We were there for a week, and every day I'd say, oh, Lord, could it be? Would you move me to the smoky mountains of Tennessee? Could it be? And one day, I'd never ask the Lord to leave Cass County to go anywhere except the Smoky Mountains. And one day, we saw a church. Robin's mama saw a church over there, and it said, for sale. She said, hey, Kurt, there it is, a church for sale. I said, Barbara Ray, it's going to take more than that. But David was being oppressed. And when I was studying and writing the other day, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, only those who are oppressed make oppressive comments. Oppression comes from oppression. Oppression comes from oppression. If you're oppressed, you will be found oppressing. Those that were attacking David, turning on David, wanting him dead, wanting his throne. They were oppressed. All they could do was oppress. That's why you don't need to be oppressed. You cannot make rational, godly decisions out of an oppressed heart. You can't do it. You might even read the Bible and say the Bible says this, but you're not going to be able to function in that in an oppressed heart. Holy Spirit is de- trying to deliver you somewhere so oppression can leave. The, de- the, the fraud can be over. The, the violation can end. Where does the Holy Spirit always deliver us unto? The death of Jesus, 2 Corinthians 4.11. The Bible says that. Are you a believer of the Bible? Or do you say, well, that, that really, I don't know what that really means or if that's for me today or if that pertains to this. If you read it and it tells you that, then let him deliver you unto the place of death so that you can live because life don't come out of nothing else, honey, but the death of Jesus. Oppression don't leave but at the name of Jesus. And that's not you speaking the name of Jesus. That's your faith is in what the name of Jesus means. Salvation! You can speak the name of Jesus all day long and find yourselves deeper in oppression than ever before. It's not mysticism. It's not magic. That's what you're doing. You must stop thinking you can do something to deliver yourself. Your heart must surrender moment by moment to the death of Jesus so that you can experience the life that comes from there, not just life but love, light, and everything else you need. It comes from nowhere else except the death of Jesus. He was the seed of the woman planted in death so that we could be rooted with him and then begin to grow. Life only happens in the root system that's flowing out of the seed that was planted in death. These things are very real to be oppressed. We've all been oppressed. But it's not for us. It's not God's will that we be oppressed because, again, it's not God's will that we be violated by this world or the enemy or our own stinking flesh. It's not God's will that we be defrauded and, and held back from 
from the benefits that our precious Lord gave his own life, shed his own precious blood, that we might have the benefits of the new covenant, not on a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night, but moment by moment living and walking with the one who is life. He doesn't come and go. He's here to stay, but he can't just do everything he wants to do. He's got to have that avenue of believing. He's knocking on the door. If he could do what he wanted to, he'd have yanked it open and just went into fellowship, but he can't. He can't. He's got to find faith in his sacrifice. Hmm. These things are very real. These things are not to be our way of life. Oppression can be caused by a multitude of things in our lives. But God offers a way out, the way out, not ways. There's not but one way. You listen to Hollywood today, the last people you ought to be listening to is a movie star that goes around acting like somebody they ain't and getting paid to do it. You're being violated. And we all being violated when we do that. Oppression can be caused by a multitude of things in our lives. But God offers the way out, not ways. You're not going to find a different way out of oppression. If you're looking for a way out other than the cross, that means you're looking to work your way out of it. And you try to work your way out of oppression, you're going to work your way deeper into its defraud and its violation of you. You're being violated. You're being violated while you're being oppressed. God don't have two answers. He don't have but one. His name is Jesus. He didn't say, I am one of God's ways. He didn't say, you a, you a fool if you think there's only one way that leads to God. He said, my Jesus said, you're not getting to God unless you come through the one way he's offered, and that be me. If we choose God's one offered way, we can escape. Now, the reason for this message right now, for this ministry, and maybe some of you, is because oppression is out there wanting in. You think about this church. We got people here this morning who are under attack. I'm talking about their physical bodies. Under attack. We've lost people, Sister Teresa, we just lost her, unexpectedly, disappointed, disappointed, grieving and mourning, and we all should be. But the enemy takes what is normal, and he tries to twist it into something else. You ain't going to make it now. I'm going to tell you something, folks. If I fell dead right now on this platform, you'd have your feelings hurt for a while. But God ain't, it, God ain't through. This church ain't about me. It ain't about you. It's about us and what Jesus is going to be allowed to do through us and our faith and what he did 2,000 years ago. And somebody else can stand here. Somebody else can sit there. Somebody else can sit there. Somebody else can beat them drums, play that bass, that guitar. Somebody else. And it's disappointing when we lose people, and it should be, and it grieves our hearts, it breaks our heart, and we stand in like amazed, Lord. Don't we? It's normal. Lord, what are we to do? You ain't never going to hear him tell you nothing, but trust me. And you know how to trust him. You know it's far more than just saying, I trust you. Because there are millions today who say, Lord, I trust you, and then they go their own way. 
I saw a news clip of somebody getting shot at them. I didn't see it happen on the clip, but they were laying over there. Dead had been shot recently. I just saw some clip just a couple days ago, and some woman was on the street saying, Jesus, oh, Jesus, about 30 times, Jesus. And then they had to bleep her out because she must have cussed. Went into a cussing rage. No, it ain't Jesus and cussing. The cussing, the cussing, the cussing comes in because she's being violated. She's being abused spiritually by the enemy in her own flesh. If we choose God's one offered way, we can escape. Now this scripture, Isaiah 54, verses 14, verse 14. This is a paramount scripture for me, my ministry. Isaiah 54 and 14, God tells you today, reminds all of us today, in righteousness you shall be established. You know what that word means? That word established means erected, made to stand get this now established means erected and made to stand now so the Lord showed me something the other day about, about Galatians 5 and 1 Can, could we put that up there I know we're here but let's jump over somewhere else Galatians 5 and 1 tells us to stand fast where? Stand fast, watch this morning. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Watch the wording here now. Where? Where? With Christ. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Where? At the cross with Christ. Made us free. With Christ, we were made free at the cross. He pardoned me and he gave me power to live free of the dominating sin nature. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where with Christ has made me free. See, your faith in Christ's death puts you there with Christ. On the cross, death. He represented you so perfectly, not just you, but every human being who's ever lived or will live on the planet, he represented us there. And because he died for all, the Bible says that was the proof, all were dead. And it's our only way out of anything that's not of God. I wanted to share that with you this morning. It made me move over in my chair when I read it. I like it when the Lord shows me stuff like that with Christ. Where? With Christ. Because everything we experience, if it's of God, is with Christ. Or it's not of God. Isaiah 54 and 14 again. In righteousness you shall be established. That means, and I hope you'd go look these things up. As a good student of God's word, you'll be erected. You'll be made to stand in that place where you were liberated and made free. You shall be far from oppression. This, to me, shows us that the message of the cross, which has been the very tool, the instrument of God that has brought us to the place where we understand scriptures like this. And in this place of in righteousness is our position in Christ because we don't have any righteousness unless it's his. And when we believed in Christ, that means in his death, we were immersed into him there on Calvary's tree where we were crucified with him. And he 
that knew no sin became our sin-bearing offering there that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So in righteousness, meaning in our faith and the sacrifice of Christ, you will be established. There you're made, you're, you're erected from death to life. You're made to stand in liberty. Don't be violated. Don't be defrauded that you can be. That's why the Holy Spirit says, stand fast. Don't move. If you move away from this, you'll be violated. You'll be defrauded. You'll move away from the very benefit. Oh, you'll be confessing them. You'll be declaring them, but you will not have them in your experience with fruit. You can talk a good talk, but the fruit, the fruit is not the talk. The kingdom of God is not of word, but of power, the Bible says. Watch. In righteousness you will be established. You shall be far from oppression. That means, man, it ain't nowhere around. It ain't nowhere around. If, it ain't, if it's far away, that means it ain't standing there. Listen, hang on, bottle of water. It, it, oppression not standing there, shaking you, trying to get in because you know where you're standing. God is establishing you in righteousness, and it ain't standing there beating on your window and your door because it's far away. Your faith is in the one who took it far away. Hallelujah. We don't have to be defrauded and violated by a devil, by the world, or by our own flesh. We don't have to be oppressed. The world says everybody has got mental anxieties. I ain't got none. They lie, then. What do you mean you don't have any mental anxieties? Well, what would they be? What would they be? Anything you could name would be something being caused by fear, doubt, and unbelief. Unless I'm being oppressed because I allow disappointment to turn into discouragement and keep traveling that direction. Unless while I'm grieving and I'm mourning, I don't. Realize that God is good in all things, even this thing, whatever this thing is, is working together for my good. It's easier to say that than to experience, but it is the Word of God. And God's Word rules over everything, whether we see it that way or not. Amen. I'm going to read this verse again. In righteousness... It doesn't just say righteousness because this is a place. In the water is in the bottle. That means the bottle is on the water. We are in righteousness. That means righteousness is on us. It ain't just in you, honey. It's on you. The Bible teaches that. In Romans chapter 3, the Bible says that the righteousness of Christ has been delivered unto you and upon you. You're wearing something this morning. The garment of righteousness, fine linen, hallelujah. It can become tainted, don't let it. You shall be far from oppression. I like it. No, no, forget that. I love it. I ain't dilly-dallying around with oppression trying to, oh, there it is, and I'm, a, I'm one step away from being oppressed. No, I'm standing where God erected me and made me live out of death, hallelujah, in the righteousness of my Savior. And that right there broke my heart, and that broke my heart. And in the days ahead, many things are going to break our hearts. Uh, but we're going to have to keep believing God and standing, where, and standing where he placed our feet when he began with us which was in the liberty of Christ. Man, not only does it say you'll be far from oppression, but it says you shall not fear. Now this is a, a message that has potential experience because you have to have faith in the sacrifice of Christ and that ain't you telling somebody you do. That's your heart being surrendered there. 
My Jesus, my King died for me. I died with him. I am dead and hidden with him in my God. I am hidden from this world. I'm hidden from this world. I'm in it. I'm not of it. I'm hidden with Christ in my God. Even now, my Bible tells me, I don't have to fight my way out of anything. Jesus fought my way out of sin and into the kingdom. Hallelujah. He's the fighter. He's the warrior. He's the Lord. He's the man of war. I said, he's the man of war. Amen. He's never lost a battle. Why would I trust somebody else or myself who lost many? Oppression tried to jump on him. Oppression tried to get a hold to him. You know what he said? He didn't get oppressed. If he'd have got oppressed, he'd have reviled back those that were reviling him. He'd have made threats at them who were threatening him. If he would have got oppressed, he would have come down off that cross, but instead of getting oppressed, instead of being violated and moved by the enemy away from God's will, which was for him to be on that cross, he said, I commit my soul. I commit my soul to the one who judges righteously. And God's judgment of righteousness was for his own son to die. Jesus would cry out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that you would never have to say that ever in your life. You never have to say that. Jesus took that saying away from us. So in the midst of this or that or all these things happening, and my friend, the Bible says things are going to come on the world that makes men's heart fail them. You're going to need to know Jesus. And I'm talking about all those of us who do know him. The, the, the answer remains the same. We're going to have to know him. The power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his suffering as we are being made conformable unto his death, that's where there is no oppression. Outside of that, you will be oppressed. You will be oppressed. And while you're being violated and defrauded and oppressed, which is what that is of being oppressed, you cannot function properly. You will do wrong things. You will go wrong places. You will hang out with wrong people. You will marry someone God wasn't leading you to marry. You will do many wrong things as an oppressed individual. We've heard it said for many years that Christians that don't know the way of the cross for moment, moment by moment living, they live miserable Christian lives. This is another way to say that today. Because oppression is what causes us to be miserable. We're being pressured. That's what the world's trying to do right now. They're trying to push the abominations, the things that are an abomination. They're trying to push that on you. They're trying to push that on your children. And your grandchildren. And they're not going to stop. It's going to intensify. The question is, not will you go fight them. The question is, will you let what Jesus did be enough for you? Because if you take your eyes off Calvary, and many people are doing many dumb things, they say, in the name of the Lord, but they crucified Jesus in the name of the Lord. Your mission in life as a Christian is to trust the Lord and that everything we do be as unto the Lord. Not almost everything. All things, everything. Well, how's that going to make me look, man? I can tell you're worried about it. Well, how's that going to make me look, man? I can tell you're worried about it. 
I can tell you're not trusting Jesus. And I can tell you're about to opt out of doing that, trusting him when you're going to need to. Trusting in Jesus is going to melt you down, my friend. Trusting in Jesus, I heard somebody say it. I don't know who, I think, who was that I heard say something about the cross? Was it Scotty Williams say the cross is a wrecking ball? But the only thing it's wrecking is what you don't need. Because it's also the message of power and life, light and liberty. Oppression acts out in all sorts of ways, and not a one of them are of God. And as a pastor, I don't want no oppressed people. Not going to run you off because you are oppressed. I'm going to keep preaching what I have to. Let the Holy Spirit un-oppress you. <laughs> Deli- I, we, all, we all have been oppressed. We know what it's like. It takes us over and we can't function. I mean, we're spinning like on a merry-go-ground. It's going too fast and it seems like we're about to fall off any minute. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Oppression should have no part of our life. The Bible says if we're walking where we need to be walking, which is faith in the sacrifice of Christ, it'll be gone. It'll be far away. It'll be far away. I said God says it'll be far away. Fear paralyzes. We're taught these things in the Word so that we won't be violated and abused, defrauded, from what is rightfully ours, rightfully ours, deserving no, yet rightfully ours because we belong to Christ. They are rightfully ours. Everything is rightfully ours because it belongs to Christ and all things that are His are ours. All things. I don't, want, I don't want no oppression. I want to be on guard as a good soldier. And when I'm disappointed, yes, I'm disappointed. But Lord, help that not to turn into discouragement. How's he going to do it? By pointing me where I need to be looking. Lord, I'm mourning. I'm grieving. I do wonder how we going to make it now. How's it going to work out? I know it's not going to work out just because I say it's going to work out in positive and good thoughts. A puppet with a broke neck. It's going to work out because I keep my faith anchored in my union with my Savior in His death. Let me say it again before I close. The blood of Jesus is for more than cleansing. It's for power. It's for eyesight. It's for proper hearing. It's for proper receiving and reception of the benefits he died for me to have. It's to keep the blood is to keep me from being violated, abused, defrauded by the enemy, this world, and my flesh. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Lord. I'm thankful to the Lord. He's not going to give us a message where he doesn't give us the answer, where he can't bring the understanding. The understanding of a message cannot take place without the cross being involved. We can see what we're reading. We can read. We can see how it might be attached to other scriptures. But the impartation of scripture by the Holy Spirit requires faith in the sacrifice. If that's not there, the impartation can't be there. Impartation's not there because I can memorize it and quote it. The impartation is there when the Holy Spirit can guide me in it. It means my feet's walking in it. In the days ahead, many ugly, many horrible things are going to be seen by those of us who 
are left here to live until Christ comes back. We're going to see horrible things. We're going to see disturbing things. We're going to see heartbreaking things. You're not going, and, and, and the Lord is showing me how things are going to intensify. The Bible bears it out. Birth pains. The Bible says, and was written 1,900 years ago, the end of the ages have come upon us. These things have come upon us here at the end of the age. All things, the end of all things are at hand, the Bible said. That was written 1,900 years ago. And look, when I was a little boy, remember when you were a child, those of you who are my age or older, not even my age, how things are different now. Increase rapidly different. Even over the past five years, things have intensified devastatingly at an increasing rate of speed, and it's going to continue that avenue. I encourage you. Keep your feet where God planted them. He planted you where He planted you in the body. I'm talking about in the death of Jesus, not some church. In the death of Jesus. That's where He planted you, in that liberty. And you're going to have to fight to maintain your faith there, to carry out God's will for your life, to keep from being defrauded, abused, perverted by the enemy. What's going on in the natural realm is going on in the spiritual realm. All the perversions in the natural about our children being abused and men thinking they're women, women thinking they're men. And it's it's all just perversions. But Paul said, beware these who come trying to pervert the gospel. Because it's the gospel that delivers from oppression. It's the gospel that shows us who the perverts are. That's not being ugly. I need eyes to see five people live across the street and one of them is a dope dealer. I need to know with my kids which one that is. There's a lot of mess in the church today and the blood of Jesus is the only thing that gives you eyes to see. Did Jesus himself not teach that? You can't enter the kingdom. You can't even see it, he said, unless you're born again. But that mean, that doesn't mean just because you're born again, now that you see everything, you have to grow. You have to learn. You have to get off the milk one day and onto the meat where the word of righteousness now, you're experiencing that to a greater discernment, the Bible teaches. That means a greater realization of just what's been violated, just who they are. And you will see that through the blood. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for every message that you put on the table here in this house and every house that you've been able to bring back to the focus of Calvary. Your focus throughout all the ages, even before the ages began. I thank you that all things did begin with the Lamb slain in eternity past, forever and forever ago. And all things have been concluded there in that manifestation that day. I thank you for that realization. I thank you for that truth. I thank you for showing us that. And I thank you, Lord, for a people who are willing to learn to fight the good fight of faith, to keep running the race of victory, to not allow the world in all its thoughts and offerings to come in to saturate us to desensitize us to move away from Calvary to move away from the only place oppression will be far away from us and that fear will have no place I thank you this morning for your healing touch on those we prayed for and all those that we pray for every week I thank you for your healing touch upon them as well And I pray that we would hear many, many good reports, many good reports of what you have done, your faithfulness, your faithfulness, Lord, your mercies, new and tender every day. It's why we are not consumed even at this very point. And again, I thank you for this word. I thank you for those who will have allowed it to go into their hearts And by the Holy Spirit, take hold and awaken them 
to begin to lay hold on this eternal life that you've given them to a greater measure than ever before. To have a greater confidence than ever before that everything we need has already been provided. I thank you this morning for you, for you are our provision, our King, our Lord, our life, our treasure. You are all things to us. And as you reveal to us this morning in a very special time, we are yours and you are ours. We are yours and you are ours. Hallelujah. If you need prayer this morning, come, let us pray for you. If you need prayer, we will surely pray for you and believe God with you. He's faithful and He's able. Our flesh says God probably won't do it because I hadn't seen it. But our new man says, I know God's able. And I know he's powerful enough. And I'm just going to believe him. The new man says, that's how I exist. The new man says, that's how I exist because Christ. Amen. Lord, as we leave this place today, we ask that your countenance would surely shine brighter upon us and the power of Christ, the spirit of glory and of God would rest heavily upon us as you bring us to the finish line day by day, step by step. We give you all the praise and we ask that simply the name of Jesus would be magnified and that you, our heavenly Father, would be glorified through much fruit much fruit that you produce and we bear all in his name we pray this morning amen and amen god bless you have a great sunday and a week i'll see you wednesday night at 6 40 p.m